0: Hello, people of the way. Today is Communion Sunday. Uh, so before we partake of communion, some things I have to say is that if you are a, um, uh, if, if you're a non-believer or if you're playing games with the Lord, then do not partake of communion. Okay, this is to help you. It's not to hurt you, but it's to help you because what we do in, in, in partaking of communion, it's very holy um, and it, it's, and you're going to see as, you know, I'll just get ahead of myself, but in chapter 11, um, uh, in verse 29 it says, for he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. It's very holy what we do, partaking of communion. And this is why we say, you know, it's, it's not for you. If you're, if you're playing games with the Lord, if you're a non-believer, then do not partake of communion. It, it is for the body of believers. Now, it's also not to say like, you know, it's not for you and then boom, the door is slammed. Because the door is open. The door is open. If you want to receive Jesus Christ, if you want to commit your life to Jesus Christ or recommit your life to Jesus Christ, maybe you're in a situation where you are playing games with the Lord and you know it. And you know that it's not good, you know, cut it out. Cut it out. Don't do that anymore. And you recommit your life to Jesus Christ. And if you want to commit your life to Jesus Christ, hit pause right now. Well, let me say what I got to say and then hit pause. But you hit pause and then you listen to a message that says, How to Receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. How to Receive Jesus Christ as Lord. And then you listen to that. You, you say the sinner's prayer. And a lot of times people say, well, you, you just say a prayer and that's it. Well, you know, it, it's very important to acknowledge sin. Old Testament and New Testament, the acknowledgement of sin is beautiful in the eyes of the Lord. Because what happens when we acknowledge sin? Then it evokes a response with the acknowledgement of sin. And what is the response? Repentance. Repentance. That's what the Lord wants. Old Testament, New Testament. What do you see? Repent, 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 repent. For His people to be right with Him. You say, wait a second, I'm not a believer. How do I know I'm His? Well, the door is open. The door is open. You know, receive Jesus Christ. Believe in Jesus Christ. You know, we're living in crazy, crazy days. I always used to wonder, like, man, I wonder what it was like in Noah's day. You know, here you have this preacher of righteousness, he has his family, and you know he's building a boat in the middle of nowhere, the ocean's way way, way, way over there, and you know it's like at the beginning, you know people see, okay, he's gathering trees, he's cutting wood, okay, no big deal. Hey, Noah, you know, let's go to the bar, let's go get drunk. Oh no, 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 you know, I I, I believe in God, I believe in God, and so no, I'm not going to do that. You know, why do you want to go get drunk? Why do you want to go get high? Why do you want to go do this? Why why don't you hang out with me and my family, you know? Let me tell you about the Lord. Oh, Noah, you're so stupid, you know. I'm just going to go get drunk. Next day, next week, next month, you know. Wow, you know, I see you collecting trees, Noah. I see you cutting all this wood, Noah. What's up with that? You You know, the Lord told me to do it. It looks like you're building a boat. Well, yeah, I am building a boat. Okay, well, the ocean's way over there. That's kind of a big boat. You can't carry that. It's not like a little boat that you can walk to the ocean. No, you're building like a huge, huge boat. Well, the Lord told me to do it. You know, come hang out with me. Instead of going getting drunk tonight, you know, you can't come hang out with me. Instead of going to the strip clubs, you you can't come hang, hang out with me. Oh, you're so stupid, Noah. You know... You speak garbage. And you know, month by month by year, and all of a sudden there's this big boat on dry ground. It's complete. Big boat on dry ground. Think of the mockers. Think of the mockers that Noah had to hear. Think of the mockers that Noah's wife had to hear. You know, know, a lot of wives don't like hearing their husbands being ridiculed. And being made fun of, being mocked. Think of Noah's wife having to hear those things. And then Noah's kids having to hear those things. The the daughter-in-law or the daughter's-in-law. You know, because he had several sons. And think of their family, the daughter-in-law's family. Is like, oh, you know, like, you know, yeah, I'm doing good, Mom. But uh, don't ask me about, you know, my husband's, my husband's dad, Noah. Don't ask me about him. He's, you know... He's a different character. Think of all these characteristics of what's happening in the family dynamic. And not just in the family, but in the community. Wow, Noah's crazy. What is he doing with this big old boat in the middle of nowhere? He's so stupid. Yeah, we're going to go get drunk. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Live life, eat, drink, and be merry. Just as the days of Noah, it's going to be in the last days. Noah's such a fool. Noah's so stupid. Look up in the sky. Oh, what's this? it's this kind of cloudy? Wow, that's a big storm cloud. You know, better batten down the hatches. And then the rains come. The rains come. And it does not stop. You know, little tiny puddles become huge puddles, become big ponds. People starting to worry a little bit, like, wow, this is a lot of rain. You see, and then all of a sudden, the flood, of water's at the ankles, the water's at the knees, the water's at the waist. And they're like, wow, you know, I made fun of Noah, but kind of like jokingly, I made fun of Noah, but wow, this is, you know, I can't wait for this to subside because, wow, this is crazy. And then all of a sudden, they're neck deep. You see? And then all of a sudden they have to get on their roofs. They have to climb the trees. And yet the rain doesn't subside. Now they have to swim. Now, even the most expert of swimmer, you, you're going to get tired. And then all of a sudden he had no mockers. In fact, I mean, think of the mockers swimming. I mean, 10 minutes of swimming, 10 minutes of staying afloat. Okay, no big deal. I mean, for some, it's a big deal. 20 minutes of staying afloat, no big deal. 30 minutes, 40 minutes, an hour, two hours. You might say, no big deal, but you're going to get hungry. You're going to get thirsty. You see? One day. Say you're super fit and an expert swimmer. You know, one day of swimming, staying afloat. And if you stop, you know, moving your hands, moving your feet, breathing techniques, if you stop doing that, then you're going to sink, you're going to die. Death is imminent. Think of the mockers of Noah at that point. Dry ground mockers abound. But when death is imminent, and you know the the waters, the rain is our and it's still not the rain's not stopping. Think of the mockers then. Think about in their mind when they see, you know, the mom is dead, the dad is dead, grandma's dead, grandpa's dead, you know, and here you have. This expert swimmer staying afloat. Everybody's dead. They see the dead floating bodies. You know, there's dead floating mom, dead floating dad, dead floating grandpa, dead floating son, dead floating daughter. But here I am staying afloat. Think of the sorrow. Think of the weeping, which, you know, will impact breathing patterns and will not help you stay afloat. It will impact your buoyancy. Think of the weeping. I should have listened to Noah. I made fun of him. And look in the distance, I see his ark. And I remember he told me, The Lord told him to build it. I remember making fun of him on my way to the bar. I remember making fun of him on my way to do crack. I remember making fun of him on my way to the strip clubs. And I mocked him. I threw rocks at him. He kept telling me about God and the Lord and... Loving him. He loves me. And it's like, oh, I wasn't... I didn't want all that. But now, look, I see the body of my dead, floating wife. The body of my dead, floating husband. The body of my dead, floating kids. I should have listened to him. And then, all of a sudden, get more tired, more tired. And then, boom, starts to sink. You know? Tries to breathe. Sucks in a bunch of water. And that's it. Think of the mental cognitive ability you can't breathe i mean there's that period of time you know maybe 10 seconds 20 seconds 40 seconds where there's cognitive abilities you can't breathe you know but there's that like you know i'm dying no mockers no mockers when the rains don't subside and that's what the Lord Jesus Christ says is going to be the la- like the last days, the days of Noah. It's going to be like the days of Noah. That's why from time to time you hear us say, get in the ark. Get in the ark. Today, get in the ark. Capital A. It's Jesus Christ. Get in the ark, my friend. Because today you might say, oh, it's dry ground, dry ground. Everything's fine and dandy. I'm going to go do my crack, go to the strip clubs, go get drunk. I'm going to do all these things. But you know what? You get in the ark. You get in the ark. And I speak of Jesus Christ. You say, wait a second. You know, I don't believe this God business, you know. I trust the science. Look at science today. Look at science today. It's been so corrupted by man. Big business, big pharma. It's been so corrupted. Oh, the science says this. The science says that. Really? I mean, you know, I mean, it doesn't take uh, not even a layman. You know, just like you give birth to, you know, you give birth to a child. You hold it up. You know, look at, you know, it's business, and you say, okay, this is a boy. This is a girl you see but what does science i trust the science what does science say so called science according to men according to corrupted men what does science say you know regardless of what a person feels you can't change chromosomes that's science today and i could go further get in the boat Get in the ark. And I speak of Jesus Christ. Why? Because God loves you. God loves you. So when you hear me say like, you know, communion, it's not for you. If you're not a believer, if you're playing games with the Lord, it's not for you. It really isn't. It really isn't. And I say that because I love you. Because what we see in First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 29. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself. And I don't want that for you. It's a form of protecting you. But once you get in the ark, once you're inside the ark, outside the ark, communion is not for you. Inside the ark, let's have communion. You see? And so if, if, it's a choice that you have to make. If you want to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, as your Lord and Savior, Not as, you know, like, you know, uh, an idol, but a personal love relationship with Jesus Christ. He loves you. He loves you. Say, wait a second, I don't know anything about Christianity. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's start today. Let's start today. Right here, right now. Let's start now. You hit pause, and then you listen to the message, message, how to receive Jesus Christ as Lord You say the sinner's prayer. You acknowledge your sin. You repent and you receive Jesus Christ. And you know what the Bible says? Your sin is forgotten. Your sin is forgotten. God throws it as far as the east is from the west. He throws it in the sea of forgetfulness. You are clean before the Lord. That's what Christians you hear say, washed by the blood. And you know, when you're not a believer, you're like, washed by the blood, what? But that's what it means, washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Because life is in the blood. That's what the Bible says. Life is in the blood. And so what do we see? Life for life. You see, the wages of your sin is death. And when you don't know Jesus Christ and you don't have Jesus, the blood of the lamb over the doorpost of your heart, just as we read in the Old Testament, the passages of the Exodus, the Passover lamb, the same exact thing for you and me. The blood of the Lamb over the doorpost of our hearts. He said, wait a second, you're speaking Christianese, I don't get it. It's okay, you will get it in the course of time. Because the Lord will teach you. The Lord will show you. And the Holy Spirit will teach you, grow you. But you know what you have to do and I have to do? We both have to yield to him. Yield to the word of God and yield to the Spirit. Oh, I don't want nothing to do with Christianity. I watch, you know, I watch the Christian TV. You know, between commercials of my show, I, I see Christian TV and y'all are a bunch of crazy people. I get it. I get it. That's TV. That's TV. And a lot of what you see on TV has nothing to do with Christianity, biblical Christianity. It's another sign of the last days because in the last days, the, the word of God, Jesus Christ, the word became flesh. It says apostasy. The church is going to go crazy in the last days. It's going to go crazy. That's why judgment comes first in the house of God. Whoa, whoa there you go. You're speaking Christianese again. I don't know. You Christians are crazy. I get it. It is prophesied to happen. Just the fact that you say Christians are crazy, Christians are going into crazy town, I see Christian hypocrisy everywhere. Just the fact that you're able to say that is one of the signs of the times where apostasy will abound. You know what that means? The storm clouds are here. The rain is coming, if not already started. So get in the ark. Get in the ark. Because God loves you. You know, you hear people say, you know, God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. And yes, He does. You know what that is? It's paradise. Paradise, the life to come for all who believe. For all of God's creation. That's why he's long-suffering for them. That's why he's long-suffering for you. And Of course, you know, he does want to use you in this life. But we have to be empty of self and full of him. That's the process of what the Bible calls regeneration. Being made new. A new man, a new woman in Christ. This was called being... Born again, born again, filled of the spirit, the Holy Spirit I want nothing to do with Christianity because of all the hypocrites. I used to be a Christian but there's so many hypocrites this pastor said this you know this pastor said that this youth leader, he molested me, he did all these things and I know I don't want to gloss over it and say like it's no big deal it's a huge deal huge deal maybe you're a victim of these so-called Christians. And it turned you off to all things Christianity. And I get it. It's even okay. But be turned on to Jesus Christ. Don't turn your back on Him. See, don't turn your back on Jesus Christ because He loves you. Get in the ark. Get in the ark. We're in the last days and it's going to get worse. The rains, you know, just like you hear us talk about Noah. The rains are going to get heavier and heavier and heavier and it will not stop. You see? But the door is open today. And so you make your choice. You make your choice. God loves you. And so, you know, you hear say, you know, the communion isn't for you. Well, that's if you're a non-believer. Communion isn't for you. That's if you're a non-believer or playing games with the Lord. If you're outside the ark, but you get inside the ark. Speaking of Jesus Christ, you abide in Him. And so here, pause, and then listen to the message, How to Receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And then, you know, you're, you're a Christian you're a born again believer and you're a brand new, like a fresh baby. And now you have to grow in Christ. You mature in Christ. And God has people to help you. Listen to these messages that we have. And let us be a people that learns from Holy Scripture and we grow and we mature. And we're headed to paradise. God does have a plan, it's paradise. And how God wants to use you in this life, on this earth, and wherever you're at, that's between you and Him. That's between you and Him. But even still, we journey through this wilderness called life. And our destination point is paradise. Oneness with Him. Our oneness with Him today is spiritual. But our oneness with Him in the course of time will be physical. Now, you see why, you know, when, here we are in 1 Corinthians 11 when we we look at 1 Corinthians 11 for communion Sundays. But, you know, you hear us say, you know, God has cleaned house because you get into 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and you see, like, wow, you know, this is hardcore. Commit a guy to Satan. You know, this guy is leavened. This lady is leavened. This guy is leavened. Leaven here. Leaven there. Leaven there. And Paul says, you know, get the leaven out of you. And now that the Lord has cleaned the house using Paul, the vessel Paul, now the the remnant, they're the ones that are able to partake of communion. Why? Because if the others had, then they sow seeds of judgment unto themselves. So yes, it's hardcore to say like communion isn't for you. If you're playing games with the Lord, if you're if if, if you're a, a baby and you've been a baby for five years, ten years, you know, it's not indicative of playing games with the Lord. You're not maturing. And at that point, because you know, communion becomes dangerous. Communion becomes dangerous. It's not for outside the ark, it's for the people that are inside the ark. You see? And so then you start to see this division that we talk about, you know, how the Lord divides. Remember, Jesus Christ says, I didn't come, don't suppose that I came to bring peace. I came to divide. Those are his words. Like, wait a second, what is this division? Well, look at, like, say you have two people, two people, and say it's you and another person. And, you know, you, you hear these words, you hear this talk about the ark, both of you. So you're on the speaker and, and you have a speaker and you hear the Two people hear the exact same thing. And one person says, oh, no, you know what? I'm, I'm not down with that Christian business. This guy is crazy. Don't listen to him. He's stupid. You know, uh, let, let's go get drunk. You know, I'm not going to do that. But then in your heart, you're like, wait a second. I don't want to be like, you know, the people that were outside the ark. And I've heard people talk about Jesus Christ my whole life and I never really put much credence to it, but I see the world. I see things are going crazy and man, maybe the Bible is true. Maybe I do believe in Jesus Christ. And my best friend over here wants to go get drunk. My best friend over here wants to go get high, wants to go do this, wants to go do that. And I don't want to do that. I want, I want to get in the ark. Do you know what's happening? When that happens, that's the division that Jesus Christ talks about. That's the division. Division from the Prince of Peace. When he says, do you, don't, do you suppose that I came to bring peace? That's what he says. He says, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to divide. And so sometimes when you're a non-Christian or a baby Christian, you're a brand new believer, or maybe you've been playing games with the Lord, you're like, you don't get it. You're like, wow, well, you know, I, 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 I thought the Prince of Peace was supposed to have peace. We're supposed to have peace with the Prince of Peace. But look at this example, you and another person on speaker, and you're listening to you know our Bible studies. You're saying this man, you're listening right now. Your friend says, no, I don't want to do it. Your best friend. I'm not down with that. I'm going to go do my crack. Your very, very best friend. Lifelong friend. Connected at the hip since the day you were born. Or whatever, you know. Just a really good friend. No, I'm not down with that Christian business. But in your heart of hearts, there's something happening. It's the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit, don't ignore Him. It's very holy what's happening. Do not ignore Him because God loves you. And you have ears to hear, which is a beautiful thing. Not a lot of people have ears to hear. Even Christians don't have ears to hear. And so you feel like a tug of war in your heart. Man, my best friend, you know, he's been with me through thick and thin. My best friend, she's been with me through thick and thin. But you know what? I'm done with the crack. I'm done with the, you know, the drugs, the alcohol. I'm done with the sex. I'm done with that. And my friend wants to go do this. He says, This guy is crazy. She says, This guy is crazy. Don't listen. He talks about the Bible. He talks about, Jesus. he talks about the ark. I don't want to listen to that. He says, I don't want to listen to that. She says, come on, let's go do this. But in your heart, you're thinking like, wow. I'm so done with this life. I'm so done with the sex. I'm so done with the drugs. I'm so done with the alcohol. And then you have this great invitation set before you, which is what? Get in the ark. Come on get in the ark you see so the prince of peace says don't you suppose i came to bring i came to give peace don't think i came to give peace i came to divide and so in that situation what happens there's the division you and your friend there's that division your friend won't have peace you you will have peace from the Prince of Peace and division still happened. That's what it means. A lot of times Christians, they, they don't understand. They don't get it. It's not to say like shame on them, but I say shame on their pastors, shame on their teachers, shame on their youth leaders. That's what I say. It's not to say shame on the Christian, but for the pastors, for the teachers, they need to teach God's people. Beautiful. Beautiful. Get in the ark. So say, okay, you're a brand new believer in Jesus Christ. You hit pause. You're a brand new believer in Jesus Christ. And I say, praise be to the Lord. Praise be to the Lord. Welcome to the family. If I could see you face to face, i give you a big fat hug. A big fat hug. Because I love you. You are now my brother. You are now my sister. So now what? What happens? Now we partake of communion. Now, if you don't have communion elements, go to the church website, hit us up and say, hey, I need the church elements or the communion elements. We'll send them to you. It's very important because in these last days, It's going to get worse and worse. It's going to get darker and darker and darker. But there's safety in the ark. There's safety in Christ. Just as you read the Old Testament, the account in Exodus, there's light in Goshen. You see? So this Communion Sunday, how beautiful it is. It's very, very holy. You don't believe in Jesus Christ? Believe in Him. You're playing games with Jesus Christ? Cut it out. Commit and recommit your life to Jesus Christ. Right here, right now. Oh, but my friend says this. The, the, the Christian TV says this. Christian radio. I don't care. I'm mean, going to care, but I'm talking to you. You get in the ark. For the sake of your soul. Because God loves you. Now, let's look at what the Bible says. In First Corinthians chapter 11, if you have your Bible, open up to First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. What happened in the upper room prior to his capture, his arrest, his scourging, and his hanging on the cross. Paul is giving an account on the upper room. Now, if you read the account from the Gospels of what happened in the upper room, Paul wasn't there. Paul wasn't there. So, how is he describing this, wow, what happened in the upper room? Well, because the Lord told him. Verse twenty three. I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. The Lord taught him the same way that the Lord will teach you through His Spirit. He will teach you. you say, "Wow, well, I was I wasn't alive in Noah's day." Well, the Lord will teach you. Read His Word. I wasn't in the upper room. Well, the Lord will teach you. Paul wasn't in the upper room. The Lord taught him, and he's saying to us, he's saying to the church in Corinth, and 2,000 years later, give or take a couple years, he's teaching us. Inspired of the Spirit, that's how empty he was. Empty of self and full of the Holy Spirit. See? I wasn't alive during the Exodus. I wasn't alive during this. I wasn't alive. All these passages in Scripture, I wasn't alive back then. Okay, I get it. Neither was I. But the Lord will teach you. The Lord will show you. And in showing you, you know what happens? Your relationship with Him gets deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And deeper. And not just your relationship, your love for Him. Gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And finally, it's like, I don't care about life. <laughs> I mean, you care about life everlasting, but you're like, okay, you know what? I don't care about this. I don't care about that. It's like, you're so looking forward to paradise. That's what happens. And not just for yourself. All of a sudden, you're going to start to have a love for others or it's like, well, I want them to get in the ark. I got in the ark, I denied these things and you're going to grow and you're going to mature. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're like, wow, I want, I want these people to come in the ark with me. Okay, so you know what we do? We're in the ark, in the whole of the ark. We're abiding in Christ. We're soaking up all these things. The Lord is teaching us. The Lord is showing us all these things. And then we get go to the little stairwell. We go up to the top of the stairwell. And on the top, we're on the very top deck where we can see the sky. And then all of a sudden we see these fishing poles. What's this? They're fishing poles. Well, I want this big one. I want to go get that big whale over there. No, 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 no. You got to hold on a second. Here, start with this little one. This little one is for you. You're going to catch a little tiny fish. But you're still catching a fish. And you catch your first fish. You're like, wow, praise the Lord. This is awesome. And you get that fish out of the water. And then all of a sudden that fish trans You know, transforms. Into a little lamb. You're like wow. You know what. that, That lamb looks familiar. You know what. That lamb was like you. When you got into the ark. You're a brand new believer. As the flock of God. And that lamb you know. A week later. Two weeks later. A month later. A year later. You're like wow. That's the little lamb. But it's not a lamb anymore. It's now a sheep maturity has happened, and then three years later, five years later, you're like wow, that I remember that guy, yeah, I remember that girl. That's not all of a sudden. It's like wow, I remember when it was a fish. I remember when he was a a lamb. I remember when he was a a a a, 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 a sheep. And now look, he's a shepherd. Now look, she's a deacon, a deaconess. Now look. Wow. And now all of a sudden, they're teaching. They're in the hull of the ship, the hull of the boat, the hull of the ark, and they're teaching. Full of the Spirit teaching. You're on the top catching fish. You see? And in the hole, the teachers are there. And then one of the teachers turns bad. One of the teachers turns bad and brings harm. Brings harm to the to the flock. Instead of feeding and caring and tending, they bring harm to the flock. That former shepherd is identified as a wolf, and you know what happens? Overboard. Out. Off the ark. You see? That's what happens and the lord teaches us all these things through holy scripture genesis to revelation now i'm speaking very very metaphorically in i'll just say metaphorically but it is true this world is fading you, you know it's very interesting in these days that we live in because even like non believers like hardcore atheists you have these conversations, and I've had these conversations. It's like, wow, I don't know what's happening, but this world is crazy. Atheists even say it. I don't know what's happening, but this is the agnostics. I'm not an atheist, I'm an agnostic. You know, the brainiacs. It's crazy. They they even say, they even testify, man. You know, I don't know what's happening, but you know. Ever since, you know, 2000-whatever, ever since this guy became president, ever since this guy was elected as senator, ever since this lady became congresswoman, ever since this happened, say, oh, you know, the world's just gone crazy. Well, these things were prophesied to happen. You could look at, you know, political office number one, number two, number three, but everything builds up to the events of the last days. I don't care where you are in the world. I teach from the United States, but, you know, look at the political leaders all over the world. Straight up crazy town. These things were prophesied to happen. We're living in days where we're seeing the fulfillment of Bible prophecy. Get in the ark. Get in the ark. So what happens here in verse 26? This is Brother Paul exhorting the remnant in the church in Corinth because, remember, the leaven has been dealt with. They're not Because they play games with the Lord, they're not partaking of communion. Now, there might have been some that were like, okay, I'm leaven, I'm out of here. Paul, this letter that you're reading from Paul, it's too convicting, it's too mean-spirited, so I'm out of here. But there might have been somebody there that was a reviler, a drunkard, sexually immoral, who says, you know what? Paul is right. I remember the works of Paul, how he went from town to town. he would share the good news and I remember when I heard it I believed and I received Jesus Christ as Lord and the Lord called him to this other area and I remember I saw his black eye, I saw his the cuts on his arms, I saw the bruises on the body in his body because he was left for dead in the other town they beat him up. His clothes were all ripped because you know they tried they, they beat him up. They tried to kill him. They thought he was dead. They left him for dead. And I remember hearing Paul speak how he himself wishes wishes that he were anathema. That he were separated from Christ for the sake of his countrymen. That's how much he loved their souls. That he would trade life for life. Hey, take me. Take me. And, you you know, forget me and take my countrymen. That's how much... Paul's heart, he loved his countrymen, the ones who would who would beat him and left him for dead. And you're thinking like, wow, I remember when Paul, he did that. And then he went to this other town. And in three years, I didn't grow. I didn't mature. And I went back to my old lifestyle. And now we're hearing this letter that somebody was reading from, from Paul. We're reading it. He's reading it. She's reading it. And I'm being convicted. And my friends in the church, lifelong friends, they're drunkards, they're revilers, they're sexually immoral, and I hung out with them, I hung out with him, I hung out with her, and yeah, we did all these things. But I regret it. I hate it. I feel dirty that I've done those things. And so I'm going to repent. Those guys are leaving, they're saying, come on, let's go. And now I'm going to get on my face before the Lord. I'm going to get on my knees before the Lord and repent. Now that person, formerly outside the ark, is now inside the ark. And is able to partake of communion. This remnant that we see in Corinth is so beautiful. Still needs to be, you know, Shaped. Still needs to be refined and still not without chastisement. But in the ark, nonetheless. But the same exact thing is going to happen in the church in the last days. The remnant. People are going to have to make a choice. You're going to have to make a choice. Am I in or am I out? People are going to have to make a choice. You see? This remnant, according to grace, this door is—it's not going to be open forever. It's open today, and there's this beautiful invitation: get in the ark, receive Jesus Christ, abide in Christ. It's a beautiful invitation, and this door of grace—it's still open, but it's not going to be open forever. That's why you know today is the day of salvation. In your mind, if you're not a believer, and you're listening, you made it this far. You didn't hit pause, and you. <laughs> You think, oh, I'll do that next week. I'll do that tomorrow. Let me tell you something. Tomorrow, tomorrow is guaranteed to no man. Tomorrow is guaranteed to no woman. It's not. You say, well, Jesus Christ, you know, these prophecies haven't happened yet. So I, I, I have time. I have time. Well, you might get hit by a bus tonight. I don't mean to be so graphic and I don't mean to be, you know, that's kind of like, whoa, what are you talking about? But tomorrow is guaranteed to no man. Tomorrow is guaranteed to no woman. You don't know. And I don't want to, you know, people say, oh, don't, don't scare people into heaven. Don't scare people to Jesus Christ. But, you know, when I look at the alternative to life without Christ, that scares me. That's scary. Works wonder, you know, fear worked wonders for me. There are beautiful aspects of our walk with Christ. There are beautiful aspects of abiding in Him, beautiful aspects of being in the ark. But there are scary aspects to not being in the ark. So you might be in a camp that the condition of your heart might be like, Wow, I, I like the beauty of what's in the ark. And it is beautiful. I'm not denying it. It is incredibly beautiful. Or if you were like me or if you are like I was, there's the scary aspect of what's outside the ark where, you know, people are drowning. Death is happening. You see the dead bodies floating. There's that scary aspect. So there's safety in the ark. And once you see that, it's like, wow, okay. And then you start to understand the beauty of what happens inside the ark, in the hull of the boat. You see, you're in the hull of the boat, you learn. Now you, go, you know, go up the little stairwell and you're in the top and you have a little fishing pole. And you might have a big fishing pole in the course of time. But then you still go in the hull to learn. There's like little classrooms in the hull. Speaking very highly metaphysical, metaphorical. But it is true look at what Paul says here in verse 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, and he is coming again. He is coming again. And once the beginning of the 70th week happens, it's, it's the final seven years of world history. The final seven years of world history. And the Bible has markers, okay? This is what's going to happen in the first half. Of the final seven years, this is what's going to happen in the last half of the final seven years. Oh, but we're supposed to be raptured. I heard about the rapture. This, we're not going to be here when that happens. Well, I don't align with the pre-tribulation rapture theory, which is an affront to a lot of believers. A lot of times people are like, well, what are you talking about? You don't believe? I was taught the pre-tribulation rapture. I get it. I understand But when we're done with communion, when we're done with communion, you listen to another message that's, you know, uh, 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 when is the rapture? When is the rapture? And then you'll understand. And you must have your Bible with you. Because I know mankind teaches this. I know man teaches that. I know. I get it. I know movies say this. I know TV shows say this about the rapture. I know. I get it. But you have your Bible open. And you follow along. Methodically. And we see what the Bible has to say. You See? There are indicators of what happens. You know. Beginning of the. You know. Precursory to the 70th week. First half of the 70th. The, the final seven years. The, the last half of the final seven years. Indicators. And the Lord is coming. The Lord is coming. Just as he said he would. In verse 27, Therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. That's why you hear us say, don't partake of communion. If you're outside the ark, if you're not a believer, don't partake of communion. If you're playing games with the Lord, if you've been thrown overboard, don't partake. If you're playing games with the Lord where you're about to be thrown over, don't partake of communion. Your heart needs to be right with the Lord. Your heart, your mind needs to be right before the Lord. And then you partake of communion. Now, if you don't have the elements, go to the church website. You know, hey, send me the elements. You know, type it in there. Send me the elements. And we'll get them to you. It's very holy what happens. Very, very, very holy. And so, this is what we see what happens in verse 28. But let a man examine himself. This is to scrutinize yourself. How it translates is to see whether a thing is genuine or not. You take your knowledge of scripture. And you measure your life against that. And where you're found wanting, you repent. You say, wait a second. I know nothing about Jesus Christ, but I believe in Him. Praise be to the Lord. You know, your, your uh, unit of measurement is, you know, has a lot easier ramifications to it. Praise be to the Lord. But as you grow, as you mature, your units of measurement, it's going to change. Because when you know, you have a responsibility. Which is why we grow, which is why we mature in Christ. Don't be, you know, a baby for five years. Don't be, I mean, look at the natural world. You see a 20 year old with diapers, a 20 year old with a bottle in his mouth, a 20 year old with a binky in his mouth. It's wrong. It's not right. I mean, personally, I think it's kind of disgusting. Because you might might not see it in the natural world. But in the spiritual world, absolutely you see it. Grown men who are like little little tiny baby boys. Grown women who are like little tiny baby girls. Being tossed to and fro. You see? But not so with the remnant. Not so with the remnant because... As the Bible says here in verse 28, let a man examine himself and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. It's not to be mean spirit and say this isn't for you. It is for you. It is for you, but you have to get in the ark. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you and many sleep. Translates as many has died have died. Many have died. For if we would judge ourselves, this is diacrino, which is to discriminate. It's discernment. We live in a day where people don't like this word, discriminate. It's such a bad word. But for the Christian, we do this to ourselves. Discernment. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. This is Crino, which is condemned. You have to make this discernment in your heart. This self scrutinization. Self scrutinization, it must happen. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may that we may not be condemned with the world, you see? Because God loves you. God sent His Son not to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. You see? The ark. That the world through the ark might be saved. That the world through Christ might be saved. One and the same. An Old Testament example of a future truth. The ark. A foreshadowing of Jesus Christ. You see? The Old Testament interpreting the New, the New interpreting the Old. The Word became flesh. This is what He teaches us. The Holy Spirit teaches in the hall of the Ark, where the classrooms are. Very beautiful. And so, you know, it, we used to have a lot of uh, 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 prayer time. So at any, I should have mentioned this earlier, but, you know, any time during this, I mean, even right now, if you want to pray, if you want to get your heart right before the Lord, say you're a Christian, say you're in the hull of the boat, the hull of the ark, but yet you're still playing games with this, that, whatever. You pray, and you repent, you confess to the Lord, to the Lord Jesus Christ. Confess your sin. Confess your trespass. I love how the Lord raises the bar because sometimes it's like, you know, oh, I haven't done this. I haven't murdered anybody. I don't do crack. I don't do this. I don't go to the strip club, so I'm good to go. Well, what about the sin of omission? To him or her who knows what he ought to do and does not do it, to him, to her, it is sin. What if the Lord has put on your heart To go and share His love with another person. And you're so freaked out that you don't want to do it. You're so scared of rejection that you don't want to do it. And the Lord has put it on your heart. Well, the Bible says to him it is sin. To her it is sin. When the Lord says do this and you don't do it, to him it is sin. What about sinning against the Lord? Because of your behavior towards other Christians. You see, what we studied in you know in 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 the Corinth our Corinthian studies, the conscience of another brother, the conscience of another sister, and you mow over it, taking licensure with your freedoms in Christ, which surely we have, but just like that rugby example, remember the rugby example. You're twenty years old, strapping, strong muscle muscles everywhere. And you're playing with a 5-year-old. And instead of humbling yourself, you're just running and just smashing through 5-year-olds. And they're on the ground hurting. They're on the ground with broken legs, broken arms, you know, fractured skulls. And there you are. Yeah, you're winning the game. You're winning the game. But you're losing The Bible says that's sinning against Christ. No, humility is required. People say, oh yeah, I haven't done the crack. I don't go to the strip clubs. I'm not a sex head. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not a reviler. But don't forget about the sin of omission. What is it that the Lord wants you to do and you refuse to do? What is it that the Lord desires of you but you don't do it? To him it is sin. To her it is sin. See? And so the Lord teaches us. He shows us. And sometimes it's painful. The realization of like, oh my goodness. But praise be to the Lord for the realization because the acknowledgement of sin is beautiful. Why? Because we go to the Lord. And before we partake of the elements, that's what you do. That's what I do. Because why? We're in the same boat. (laughs) We're in the same boat. As you hear us say from time to time, we're in the same boat. You get your heart right with Him, with the Lord. You might have to hit pause. And it might be a while before you know you hit play again. You hit pause, and you pray. You get your heart right with the Lord. It might take you five seconds. It might take you five minutes. It might take you five hours. I don't care. But you do it. And then you hit play, and you listen, and we partake of the elements together. One body, one spirit, one mind, Koinonia. Verse 24, And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's take the cup. This is communion. This is communion. Union with the Lord. Union with one another. Unity of the saints. God is good. Beautiful people of the way, God bless you. I love you.